We've got two outfits. We've got two chances to wow. Plot twist, both flaming hot garbage. Is Welcome to Cliffhangers. Yes. We are your friendly neighborhood lovers of all things drag with the unofficial, unrequested, and unhinged Drag Race podcast. Yes, our toe curling virgin season, and we will be discussing season two of Drag Race UK. So jump on in with us. Um, we just want to say a quick disclaimer about cliffhangers we are super fans of drag in all of its form and we are only here to uplift queer art so we're just taking a little leaf out of our hero the Boulay Brothers book and nobody gets to critique what your fantasy is no one at all exactly our number one rule here is that the only people getting laughed at is us anyone doing drag is already a star and nothing we say is going to change or discredit that as much as we may try <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's get into episode two let me introduce to you Monsieur Barney Evans, the skid mark on your tanga brief. <laughs> <laughs> and Miss Lukey Luck. She's like if a newborn's foreskin was wearing false eyelashes. <laughs> so it was Bimini and Joe Black uh, in the lip sync. Uh, Bimini sent Joe home and our lovely winner was S. Tina. S and Tina. <laughs> S, S, Tina, Tina Mandela. Yeah. I imagine uh, the goddaughter of Nelson. Isn't that his mum? Much to the dismay of everyone on, well, basically anyone living and breathing, um, people were not happy about Joe Black going home, were they? No. Already. But I tell you what, banger of a first episode. Let's be real. Yeah, very, very good. I feel like this could be the best season ever, but maybe we're biased. Oh, 100%. No, absolutely the best season ever. What, of Drag Race full stop? Yeah. Everyone's yeah? talking I said about what I said. It. Get into it. So let's say, first of all, Bimini, very quick to wipe off that message. That, that, that's some me energy. I get well, you've it. got to move on, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, I liked it when she was like, I'm used to washing cars. And then Ginny Lemon was like, rim jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the highbrow humour, uh, Ginny Lemon. Um, I have really hoped this gives her the boot up the arse. Listen, I'm going to call it now. She's a final girl for me. Who? Bimini. Oh, right, sure, sure. 100%. Like, even in just one episode, I was like, she's a, she's a star. She is. She, she is. is a star. So I really hope this gives her... I feel like when people go um, in the bottom early, sometimes it's like, oh, oh damn, we, we're really playing for real. Mm. So, and then they really get booted up the arse. So I hope that's them. Well, yeah, because obviously everyone going in thinks they are the shit and that's why they're there. Yeah, 100%. Um, I thought maybe they're giving Astina a bit of the Violet edit. That kind of full of confidence, young, coming in, winning the first thing. And then the winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then just sort of ruffling people's feathers with being that cocky about the win. Can I quickly just make an, a, a note as well that we are East London Queens and in the background you can hear the East London overground. Oh, that is the overground rattling away behind us. But we thought, you know what, it makes us more, makes us more relatable. Very urban of us as Truly. well. Truly. Um, also... What I did write down is that Astina being emotional is quite humbling, but then she giveth, she taketh away. When was she being humble? <laughs> she was just like, I'm just feeling really emotional. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to see an, a, a different side to her here where she's really getting in touch with her emotions. And she's like, I deserve to win. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, everyone else needs to step their pussies up. Like, I remember oh. that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, I think one thing very important to point out is Ahura seemed pressed. Panini, yeah. Absolutely sure. pressed, didn't she? Um, 
I'm going to say that something very early on, which is just a worry of mine, but I'm not sure Astina helped herself with that com- uh, conversation. I think it's very good to push the point like early on that it's like, I am a competitor and I'm someone you should be worried about. Love that for them. But as we have seen in the history of Drag Race, they are so quick to give um, black queens like a villain edit, which I can, mm. I'm worried that it's already happening a bit with Astina. I don't think at all that she's serving you arrogance, personally. I think she's serving you, like, supreme confidence because she knows what she's bringing. But I think that they are very quick at... Well, maybe maybe uh, the BBC edit won't be as gross as World of Wonder. But they're so quick to tag on that onto specifically uh, Black Queens. And you've seen with people like The Vixen, with uh, Silky, with different people. Nina, pe- with, Yeah, um, and I'm worried... I'm hopeful that the BBC wouldn't play like that, but... I don't want to see her have the villain edit because she, no one deserves it, but she, I don't, I don't think it's remotely called for with her. In her case, it's a lot more. I've earned my diva shit. hundred percent. hundred percent. Wow. That really sounded like that was you then. That was very chilling. <laughs> so it is a new day in the workroom. I love a horror coming in and going, it's called fashion. Get used to it. I feel like we say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're just sort of like literally sitting in your pajamas. Like, get, get over it, honey. Um, when Astina said, watch your wigs that was that was a fantastic moment for me because i was like uh what is she what is she threatening here is she gonna cut them up is she gonna steal <laughs> them like i haven't really seen fantastic wigs from her yet so maybe that's just the drag version of watch your back so, <laughs> yeah. watch your wigs see watch your wigs i think it was evident that there was really some clear tension around the table when they first got in the room and they were mm. chatting away like um Ginny Lemon is she I uh, I can't believe for a second I even thought that Ginny Lemon wasn't going to be for me she's quickly <laughs> quickly my favorite person in the whole thing like she is re- she really came back I mean the grimace that she did to Lawrence was like <laughs> that that will really stay with me but oh, yeah, um, they're sort of back and forth about having played out jokes and stuff Ginny Lemon in her lovely cat eye glasses was really giving me the slug from Monsters Inc you know like oh, yeah. yeah very we're thinking of uh, weird creepy monsters are you going to mention Ellie and sister's elf ears? I really don't like it, Kath. Oh my God, I did not like it I all. loved it. It is, that's the sort of, that's the sort of strange nuance that I live for. Just like no one even mentioned it, never brought up. It's like, what, two of you are in elf ears? They're probably wearing tails as well that we couldn't see. Oh, a lovely, a lovely festy tail. <laughs> I was really into Bimini's work, uh, workroom look. It was very kind of an off-duty, like, Tina from S Club at a meet and greet or something. Absolutely. you got your bandana, you got your loose trousers. I want to skin her alive and go to her mum's birthday party in that outfit. Like, she is absolutely... I just wrote, what about Bimini's mental little outfit? And the body, <laughs> like, in and out of drag, you you cannot fault it. Well, I she's wouldn't. a yogi. She's East London's bendy. Well, she's fish. a vegan, isn't she? Oh, well. That, the body that plant-based diet <laughs> The built. body that Satan made. Truly. Um, so we get introduced to our mini challenge. Any challenge where they have to vote, like, who's shadiest and stuff, is like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely straight away. I was like, this is a fantastic mini challenge. Um, and also, I just want to shout out to as well, uh, you do see this a bit in the American, but, oh, the UK being much better in every single way is only proven by how diverse our Brit crew is. We've seen three members of the Brit crew so far, and it's uh, shown diversity, and that's what we want to see. Although... <laughs> Although in in US we did have um, a trans man and we'd very much like to see that as well. Yeah. A non-binary folk. I like a lot of the American pit crew, got to say. Got soft spots for a lot of them. You do. (laughs) I I, do. You notice them way more than me, which is, (laughs) what? Worrying. (laughs) One of the best moments for me is when Tia was like, 
sorry, can I just get a reminder? Who said my wigs were thirsty? And then every single person said. <laughs> but she... Congratulations. You she is yourself. quite a trooper at being able to take it when it comes I mean, to she's her. got to. When you come in that crunchy, munchy, thirsty, kirsty wig, you've got to. Um, I think is now a very important time to... We need to mention Taste in a Horror. Bum Buddies. Is that how we call it these days? It's that, it's that bumper cars with the gays. You're just ugh, going from one to the other, aren't you? Well, yeah, because first Ahura brought it up and then later when she mentioned it in front of Tace and Tace's face was kind of like... I really felt like that was something maybe she didn't want brought up on the BBC, but here we are. Um, and I'm going to call it first. I think Ahura's in love with Tace. There, I said it. Oh. If I know gay love like I know gay love. And that's basically all built on one viewing of Call Me By Your Name. Um, she, I feel like she loves her. That's very nice of you, isn't it? So I said what I said. <laughs> Said what I said. Um, but sister dick will make you sick, as Willem told you. So exactly. you've got to be careful with that. Okay, so the categories that they need to vote for are Secretary of Shade. Yeah. The Trade Minister. The Leader of Lording It Up, which I'm glad they uh, said was cockiest, because really, no idea what that means. And Baroness Basic. Yeah, Basic. Um, okay, so first of all, who would you have voted for? Let's go for Shade. Obviously a horror. I mean... <laughs> I call Shade... Uh, I mean, she she is the queen of shade. There's absolutely no 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 denying it, really, is there? No. Um, who would you have gone for trade? I think very objectively, Astina is the most is the best looking. Yeah. I think I think taste is gorge, but I think that because Astina won, and because I think people have trouble admitting someone's fit if they know that they're fit, because it's like I don't want to I don't want to add to that fire. Yeah, especially um, if you if you don't like them or whatever. So like I'm not giving you any credit. Do you think that's why people don't say you're fit all the time? So I that, think just because they are speaking truthfully. Because I see you. <laughs> yeah, I probably have to agree. I can't picture anyone else being fitter in my mind. So who would you have gone for for the cockiest? I thought this Astina. was a... Yeah, I was going to say. One thing that's really interesting about the difference between what you see in like the interviews and their like public-facing drag, like what what the judges are seeing and what the mm. other queens are seeing is just like, clearly in their interviews, they're going so hard and they're really showing you a different version of themselves because... If they could see Astina's interviews compared to Lawrence's, Lawrence sitting there just like crying about how insecure they are compared to <laughs> Sorry, Astina. Not laughing at that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I, I felt like that was a wild one. Um, and then Baroness Basic. It's got to be shout out to Miguel Tia Maria. I, I was gonna say this. I'm. I was surprised he didn't say and won by a landslide. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, Tia. But I felt like when Tia did win this, she took it so well. Yeah. I was just really surprised. Like, I couldn't believe that Tace was like, oh, I really don't think, I uh, really don't think of myself that way. Um, because I was like, obviously you're like six foot and gorge. Like, that was just really surprising. But as we're seeing with a lot of the queens, they really have body dysmorphia and they're not seeing themselves how the, how the world sees them. Well, if you literally look like the most beautiful, like, creature in the world, when you take your makeup off, you're going to feel like you are not. Sure. So then we are introduced to the main challenge, which is our first live singing challenge. Luki, how would you feel if you had to do a live singing challenge? I think it'd be hilarious. I'd be, I would uh, have more fun with the singing because I don't think of myself as a singer anyway. More of a bimini performer. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, yeah, choreo freaks me out more than the thought of having to like sing live. Well, finally, Charlie Hydes gets to prove his factless statement that actually we don't really lip sync because everyone sings live in the UK. Charlie Hyde's thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so Miss Basic Tea Coffee then gets she gets her own back and gets to decide who is going to be what roles in the musical. Now, would you be tactical doing this? I think tactical can come back to bite you in the ass because if you've assigned it poorly... Then and you're not into a little bite you. on the ass. 
big bite. Impressed with how she handled all of this. Thought she did very fairly. If people were like adamant they wanted a role, she's like, go on then, prove it. Yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, I thought she was very fair and just seemed like a good egg. It just makes so much more sense to just be like, I want the musical to be as good as possible. Like, Yeah, because if one person says shit, then it makes the whole thing shit. So and also shit. as well, you're the person that cast it. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to give this one, I don't think they'll do well in that. Then they'll be like, who the fuck casted this piece of garbage? And then obviously you're going to get blamed. So it just, I, it always confuses me when people are like, oh, I'm going to really, I'm going to really screw them over by giving them this. It's like, you're also shooting yourself in the Yeah, front. for sure. What about that question when Tia was like, right, so who can sing? That is, as a professional musician and singer, <laughs> that is a mental thing to admit to. If I was on Drag Race and they were like, who can sing? I'd be like, yeah, I can sing. I wouldn't be like, I am a professional singer. Did you see that meme that was like, um, uh, with Davina DeCampo? Yeah. It's like, find me anyone that's got 15 years of musical experience. Then cuts to Veronica Green and it's like, I have 15 years of musical theatre experience. Fantastic. Um, I'm glad Veronica stood up for herself in that. Same. Against El Do you think she delivered? Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. What I was going to ask you is, do you think Cherry would have gone home if she was given that role? Cherry goes home. What? Haven't you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel very conflicted about this because I, when I was watching it, I was like, that is, that's the energy that I would bring. I would remember that it was a competition, so I would fight for it more, but... I feel like that's the best way to be, to just like stand in the knowledge that you're like, I can do everything. Maybe we find out later, but she can't do everything. But um, I, I felt like her, react her reaction to being like, I'm not going to scrap for this. Like, mm, if you fake. so desperately need it. But obviously, as we find out later in the episode, that's not really the right uh, reaction to have at all, was it? How did you feel? Well, I, yeah, I kind of thought it was weird her, like, Veronica's, like, listing off her full IMDb CV. Mm. And then Cherry's kind of like, that doesn't mean anything, though. But, I mean, it kind of does. It does if you're a professional musical theatre performer, which Veronica In Green a is. professional like, musical theatre challenge. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, yeah, like, it would be nice to see how Cherry would have done that role, if maybe that would have saved her. But who knows? Um, I was quite worried about old Veronica at this point, because... You know when someone's feeling super confident and super happy and it feels like, do you know what, babe? It's probably your episode, isn't it? And then it's just like... Do you know the, Do you know what I loved, which we don't do enough at all? Uh, when they were like, snaps for? <laughs> we need to be doing snaps for. I can't snap. Very poetic justice. Okay, I can do two for us. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thought we should definitely... Uh, Get that into our wheelhouse. Um, Lawrence, very shaky on the ability. Do you know what? He gives me real Eureka vibes. I'm not saying that because they're both large queens. He reminded me of Urethra because um, it's full of piss. <laughs> <laughs> you know that sort of, they've got very, they're very loud and they're very funny, but obviously it's a clear mask for actually like they are quite insecure. Mm. And I just worry, you did call it in the beginning, um, Mystic Meg herself. I do worry for his stability within the competition just because... For me personally, you know, obviously when he had that great line where he was like, I'm gay, I should be able to sing and dance. Yeah. Also, spotless Scottish accent <laughs> there, no? Um, you can head to my spotlight if you'd like. Um, I, I felt like, I felt like that was quite worrying because I feel like as a, as a performer, if you're getting that upset about singing and dancing in, also in a group, like it wasn't even like he was on mm. his own. He obviously doesn't have a lot of confidence in his looks. And then also in the performing side, I feel like for someone that is already such like a, a, a beloved and front runner queen, I really wish that his confidence would catch up with how the world sees him. Mm. So I am obsessed with a horror in the confessionals. Oh my God. Debbie Desperate. <laughs> I was like, 
It's diarrhea, isn't it? They look the camera. Yeah, fit in. Obsessed with all the queens breaking the fourth wall. Astina's been doing that. Yeah, as well. when Astina. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Very Brechtian. Um, I thought that Bimini, as always, you know, this is the Stan account. Like, just had the real, the real right idea. If you're not a singer, they're like, look, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be giving you that hot, hot energy, and I'm going to put everything in speech quality. Like, just. That, that's that's the right way to go. Yeah, you send it, if you can't perform it how you think it should be, you need to make it into a character that you can really get Yeah, into. for sure. One person that I really thought did this, Astina, I can sing, I can act. And then when it came to it, it was like, mm. baseless claims, personally. <laughs> uh, well, um, and I think it's much better to just be like, do you know what? Like, I'm not great at this, but what I am great is making things fit me and watch me give you energy and character and for me, Bimini was one of the highlights of the musical. Mm -hmm. And I just think that they had absolutely the right, the right energy for the whole thing. And also shout out to Ellie, who I thought had quite a decent dip. Well, I was going to say, I thought it was going to be quite embarrassing, but it was fine. I would like to see anyone else try and fucking do a dip in like skin tight, skinny jeans. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, obviously he's not giving you, he's not giving you Laomi, but it was, I thought it was less embarrassing than I I was was fearing. The most embarrassing part. Are you you not embarrassed? (laughs) Was just the fact that he needed sort of like twenty counts to prepare. <laughs> yeah, right. Tap, 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 tap. I'm getting in the zone. Come on, come on. Three more minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and but also, my biggest takeaway from this is like, you are on Drag Race. You are on season two, which is is all killer queens, no filler queens. Like the standard is so high. Fuck letting people take your roles. I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. It's mental to me. Like, you are in a competition. I get that you want to keep people sweet, but y- you don't have to do it in a rude way. You would be like, look, I really think I'd be good at this role. And I feel very confident that I'd be able to, di- to do this well for the group. And you stand your ground. Like, I just feel like so many of them were just like, oh, you just tell me which one. Uh, they should I'm have auditioned for it then. Tia could have. <laughs> like, you know, she was like, uh, let's hear it, Veronica. Like, Cherry then should be like, go on. But when it got to like, I would say like the final five, maybe the final five parts, they were all just like sitting back, just like waiting for Tia to tell them. Mm. Like there was no sort of like hunger for like, I actually think that like this would translate very well to my drag character. Like I just didn't feel like bite from quite a few of them in the way that had been shown mm. and displayed in like the beginning of it. When people well, Maybe that like, was just a lot longer and they just cut it down. There's a lot more discussion that we did Very see. our podcast. Very that. Let us tell you, last week we spoke for over five hours <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by the end if you can tell by the end we we kind of wanted it to be like a sit down sit down with your gals over a cup of tea not us huffing glue like we literally by the end yeah we'd had a couple of drinks we were slurring we cut out a lot of swearing and a lot of slurring but this week nothing but professionalism from us <laughs> um so as we head into the main challenge then we go into rehearsal which is always one of my absolute favorite bits um so we head in also did you peep that uh michelle was in a lovely union jack slingback I thought it was a mule. A mule? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Fuck my drag. It's called fashion. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so she was, sorry to interject there. Yes, that was Michelle and Dane Chalfin leading the vocal training there. Oh, gorgeous. Um, didn't you think that the rehearsal seemed really nervous? Obviously, it's their first like big group rehearsal, but I felt like everyone was on tenterhooks. Oh, I thought uh, the rehearsal was hopeful. Nothing that couldn't really be sorted. And maybe that was giving us a full sense of security. Yeah, I don't think it was at the expense of like the performances or anything. But I felt like when they were all lining up, I could really feel their nerves. Mm. But... Nerves are good, personally, in my... Loved the... Um, what do you feel like you're rubbing from the vowels and giving to the consonants? I loved that! Yeah! Yeah, I'm going to use that in... All my singing! From now on. <laughs> um, Bimini, the best energy, always. <laughs> Shade did what needed. 
to be done. Absolutely. Even though obviously I deeply love a horror, I'm going to have to call out, I really, really hate, this is very uh, community Amdram theatre, when people are like, can't really get into the character until I'm in the costume. It's like, that's, that's weak dick energy I just put for that me. down to nerves, just like... I know it's it well, it's, it's yeah, yeah yeah it's lack of confidence mm. but it's it's what you're really seeing a lot from these queens which is endearing and humbling is that the character that they bring to the stage like is is a real character because a lot of them really lack confidence mm. as in their boy drag which is surprising but let me cast your mind back to drag race season two i'm i'm casting ms tyra in the burlesque challenge in the other tyra <laughs> the other tyra in the basically pole dancing challenge that they had dita Bonte's judge oh, yeah. she in the rehearsal she was like no nah, i'm doing it and then on the night just absolutely killed it, it was one of the favorites so like, that was less because she's not confident and more just because she was a bitch either way she just couldn't be asked she, she wasn't performing in rehearsals and we got worried for her and then yeah shout out to tyra lover are you Ooh. okay are you still setting fires or was that just a scam blink once <laughs> if you are okay Okay, so if we do a little step ball change into the dance rehearsal led by Jay Ravel uh, and who was Kieran so fit. I'm just going to say, uh, I really think that the energy that Taste brought to the dance rehearsals, like straight away, like that's that'd be fucking you up. Um, I just thought Bimini was absolutely born for that role. Oh, so good. Our friend was like, She's seen the prodigy live and she's like, yeah, 100% she's channeling the late, great Keith Flynn and everything that he embodied. Um, Astina was really eating her words, though, which I noticed. Like, I get that it's it's probably like a real overload to having to not only get the dance down and also as well, everyone's terrified in that studio. So you probably feel the expectation. It's very self-sabotaging. Like you probably feel the expectation more than anyone else cares about because mm. you know that you've said it. So you're like, I have to really kill on this. And what I couldn't believe is, I'm sure you're going to have something to say about this, uh, how prominent Tia's speech impediment is when she sings, but you don't notice it when she talks. I did not notice that. She was literally just like, it was like so prominent. It was crazy. I just thought it's maybe they've like really got hold of it in their speech, but then really comes out in the singing. But isn't it normally the opposite if you've got like a stammer? Are you thinking of Gareth Gates? I'm thinking of the, the king, the king's speech. True, true, true. Um, what was actually making me crease my fucking head off was just a shot of Veronica in a proper like pin-up pose. She had like her legs legs open, hands on hips looking behind her, but the top half of her body is just like hoodie and a sh- like, <laughs> short head. And there's just had these the like legs. very, very long lady legs underneath it. was like, you know those books where you can like change the top <laughs> the- uh, You know that Family Guy cartoon where it's Peter Griffin, all long legs and it looks like Wendy Williams. It was a bit that. Very that, very that. <laughs> um, again... You called it first episode, Lawrence feeling very unstable in this. I get that it's like such a pressure cooker, but like Tay said, it's, I mean, it's only episode two and they're really, really breaking down very soon. But to that's be- easy for Tay to say when it's a, like a dance challenge. And to be honest, I feel like Lawrence would feel a bit better if they took them biscuit kickers off their feet, to be honest, <laughs> Did you see what they were wearing in... They were old maiden type of shoes. <laughs> Truly. What a lovely two and a half inch t-bar shoe for the dance <laughs> rehearsal i don't think i felt for lawrence as you know i'm i'm known to have a tantrum in a dance rehearsal I, I have i have been present there was one time when we were meant to be doing dancing for glastonbury and then there was just i was just like i can't do this one particular it was like do you know what i'm just not gonna go you can go without me 
And also just to say that Glastonbury is like one of the highlights of your year every year. <laughs> so I get really cutting feels, that nose off to spite the face. Uh, if you feel that like everyone's getting something and you you're the and that one nose that's has not. been cut enough as it is. Wow, you just can't stop cutting me off today, can you? <laughs> very um, Trixie Mattel energy. Very that. Um, yeah. That means that you're the catcher though, which is very cute. Fine. Uh, uh, but yeah, basically, I understand how it feels to feel that, and then the, you like it sort of puts you in your head even more, and it is mm. very frustrating. So. I feel his pain, but at the same as that, we can't have no crying at the discotheque. Exactly. Um, I was very with Sister Sister on this that is later brought up. I feel like whilst I completely understand, it, it was really giving me flashback to Miss Fame. Should I not talk about how I feel? It's like, I not like now. Yeah, yeah, it's like, not now. I get that people might be feeling a little insecure. This might be out of their comfort zone and it might be stressful. But what we don't want is basically fucking up the rehearsal like you have limited time with the, the professional and that time is for everyone and not just for you yeah and if you're working in a group in any form or way and there's someone who for whatever reason is just changing like the atmosphere like, it does affect everyone yeah 100 percent. and i didn't feel like th- that was a moment where they could like sort of um instill sisterhood do you know what i mean it's like we all need to be professional now we can't stop and build you up because we we have shit to do so that was i thought that was a difficult moment um then we head back to the mirrors um, as they're getting ready before the final runway for the mirror chats which again always great (laughs) one of my first notes was a horror fancies taste i'm sorry i'm this is the hill i would oh sure so this is when um she says it in front of Taste and then it kind of gets a bit more out it's, in the open. It's cute at least that Taste, like, obviously, they've been there, but Taste, they've, they've got a special, a soft spot for each other. Um, I'd like to see a real, um, rather than the bullshit that we were fed with Brooklyn Heights and Vanjie, I'd like to see a real uh, sister-on-sister relationship. Maybe sister-on-sister-on-sister. Sister. And you get, yeah, you get, sister, you get third wheel. Yeah. One thing that I really love, this was a poignant moment, but it was actually quite heartbreaking, I think. It was Cherry bringing up about her traveller background. And I thought it was a really interesting piece of their identity to hide. And obviously they're speaking about it now on a national platform, but they were saying that they don't, they don't, Cherry doesn't talk about it. Um, and I just think that was a really heartbreaking reminder that you already have, like, a lot of people have this first hurdle to, um, well, I mean, obviously your drag career is full of hurdles about, like, public perception. But, like, first and foremost, a lot of uh, drag performers, especially on Drag Race, are dealing with being queer. And then on top of that, you have the stigma that is attached to being a drag queen. And it's just a heartbreaking reminder of like intersectionality, um, like really prohibits this freedom of expression. Like you see this like celebration of people being them, but it's like, there's, there's so many barriers that people face. And that's something that's never been brought to the forefront for how the traveler community um, views drag. And I thought that that was, that must be so empowering for fans of drag that are also from the traveler community Mm. to see and be spoken about in a public platform but it was really that was a i that really got me that bit i loved that little chat it was very cute and i liked sister sister asking like am i is it okay to call you gypsy it's like yeah you get these get your words in order it's good to know absolutely and i feel like sister sister is a real sister do you know what i mean i really feel like i really feel like a, a care that comes from sister sister again mm. with Lawrence later she seems like and you could see she's there a was, girl's girl she is a true girl's girl so before we head onto the main stage and check out Rats the Rusical, let's have a quick little break. <laughs> okay, sis, let me tell you, the waist, she's unsnatched. The mug, she is beaten for the gourd. Now you just need that one last thing to remind the haters. I am 100% that biatch. Well, let me 
feel the true tea hunting. You're gonna need some fierce weave on your head to make yourself look sensational. Shablam! So if you want to work the house down boots, yes, God, mama, then you better get yourself to www.trufflepigwigs.co.uk. That's right, all you crazy cuckoo cunts, and enter code CLIPHANGERS for a greedy bottom discount of 15%. Because there's only room for one diva in this town. It's that time again for us to shout out uh, one of our favourite fellow queer businesses here on Cliffhangers. And this week it is the babes over at What A Drag UK. That's Dom and Brad. Shout out to them. What A Drag is your one-stop shop for amazing qualities. Eyelashes, lace front wigs. They've also branched out into makeup palettes and brushes, which everyone is eating up. They have free UK delivery on orders over £40. They have Klarna. They have worldwide shipping. You know them, we love them. So they are currently running an amazing competition which is going to run until Thursday the 28th of January. So you still have a few days to head over to Water Drag and enter this competition. Uh, very, very simple rules. All you need to do is head over to at Water Drag UK, their Insta, and you need to like the post about the competition. You need to tag three mates and then just share the post to your story and just tag... Um, both Water Drag and also official Miss Peaches, who is a legendary Scottish queen, and she has basically styled um, a Water Drag wig with a topper on as well. So you'll bet you're getting this amazing double stack wig. That is for the competition. It's definitely something you're going to want to snap up. So head over to Water Drag um, to enter the competition. And we're back. Back, back, back again. If everybody could please take their seats, uh, turn their phones on silent as the uh, rusical rats is about to start. Please keep your hands inside of the vehicle at all <laughs> times. We are first introduced to Miss RuPaul Charles, who is in a lovely sort of brown leather milfoy look. Yeah, loved it. I thought this is a, a kind of a much more classic uh, sort of Matthew Anderson in his peak style RuPaul look. We got the updo. Just, uh, just a lovely bit of leg on the gal. Does Zordi do all her dresses for UK as well? I'm guessing that she only really wears. Is Klein Epstein Parker or Zordi for everything? I believe so, yeah. Um, love her in that ginger hair as well. Always. So gorgeous. That's my favourite, yeah. favourite colour hair in her. Love that Alan Carr's back. Love him so much. Oh, a national treasure. I've got a really cringe picture of me with him at G.A.Y. bar when I'm looking very sweaty and greasy. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, and Sheridan Smith, thoughts? What a set of cans on the girl. Ah. That was my immediate thought. I do feel, though, with the UK one, like, we probably just don't have enough gay icons or they're just not interested in Drag Race yet enough that we seem to not really have the same sort of calibre of guest judges yet. Like, I suppose so, but if you, like, she's pretty big on the, like, theatre scene. She's been, like, yeah, in showbiz for, since, like, two pints of lager and a packet of Chris. Yeah, related to the main challenge, but then that really could just be anyone in theatre, and I don't know whether you know, but finding a gay person that works in theatre is probably not that difficult. <laughs> oh, la, la. I have met a few in my time. Michelle, you beautiful as always. Although, I S thought, are those bunches... A little bit appropriative. Appropriative, though. I just thought that she was looking sort of like super, again, probably very appropriative to say, but super kawaii. Well, that's what was my yeah, thought. Yeah. I was like, oh, are we on the Hello Kitty challenge again? Yeah, but giving you real sort of like 11-year-old schoolgirl. But I was kind of into it because I mean, yeah. the face has really been 
it's really turning back time on that face, isn't it? She is really a triumph of um, what money can do for a gal. <laughs> yeah. You are not ugly. You are just poor. Exactly. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter that was like, when it was announced that the runway was surprise, surprise, they were like, is it going to be a night of a thousand sillas? <laughs> <laughs> Which I would like to see. Yeah, I was surprised no one did a silla. No. Um, so our, our first thoughts on rats before we head into the, the nitty gritty, um, I thought they all looked like mice. Hard. I felt like a lot of them weren't sort of like gross enough. Like obviously Bimini really killing it on that aesthetic. But yeah, I felt like a lot of them looked very like sort of like cute cuddly mice, which I, that's, that's not how I picture London's vermin. I guess, yeah, you probably would need to step into prosthetics to make it more ratty and vulgar. Or just like rattier wigs. Lawrence just shouting everything in a Scottish accent. Now that's comedy, sis. That is comedy. <laughs> Anything that they said, I was just like, it just sounds hilarious and fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just annoying to see, like, see, you you could do it, couldn't you? Like, it was fine. Like, yeah, you, at the beginning with the little kind of like sidestep, you looked a little bit like you find yourself. But when he had to do his like lines, it's like perfectly fine. Like all that drama for nothing, but that is literally always the way it goes. Yeah, it? but he like, he's a great performer. Mm. Um Obviously, I've written, I would die for Bimini. So, <laughs> yeah, I loved Bimini and Hora. They were just great, particularly Bimini. She really embodied just like a nasty, nasty, ratty <laughs> scumbag. Uh, inspired by you, I imagine. Um, yes. And I really thought as well that Bimini, the energy of Bimini, really helped bring up a horror as well, like because mm-hmm. you just couldn't have gone next to that and not really brought it, I think. Um, is, is Bimini going to wear them shoes for everything? Because I just can't believe, obviously, like, as we mentioned, she is literally the size of a small child but she is serving you that tiny russian gymnast body in 10 inch heels every time like damn she's a pole girl she's probably more true. comfortable in those than she is in flats true uh, i was like obsessed with Ginny. <laughs> i just put demented <laughs> she looked like a cross between uh mad madam mim from the sword in the stone and Burzum gummage <laughs> <laughs> she was such a treat she just really providing that she's really giving you just like comic relief throughout all of it and i just i i love her <laughs> yeah we've got to circle back and give more props to tia because the casting was like yeah i can't really picture like how better it could have gone 100 percent. can you explain to me please why tia had an ear on her back this is probably so simple and so obvious but because there was that uh, rat that they did the experiments when they grew an ear on its back to see if you can like what's it called like in the in the genetically modify yes the one i mean so they can like, science they can like it's grow ears on rats for people who've lost their ears and just sew it on or whatever oh fantastic i've put for someone that said their acting was going to be killer i felt astina's acting was very year seven school play i wrote astina mandela wet fish um such a big fan of her love her but i just felt she really oversold how well she thought she was going to do in this performance if you come if you just say you're so great at everything unless you are it is going to come to bite you on the arse so yeah have confidence but you yeah don't oversell yourself because then it just sort of throws it back in your face isn't it Um, and one thing that i'm very interested in because obviously with the wimbledon challenge they obviously were wearing their own outfits i wonder whether they asked them to bring a rat outfit or whether they were given to them because there was like a real variation in what they were wearing as rats a lot of the costume looked like they had been made by the people i think just judging by the sort of style of them because Estina was very very plain and very simple i think that's just because she's the ingenue like bimini and ahura were matching all the um the rat pack were matching so you don't think they brought them no oh, okay but wigs oh yeah because bimini and ahura had different wigs but then all of the rat pack had the same wig but you did see astina styling her wig in the workroom that yellow and black one sure so i don't know but i'm interested that that's really shows you just how many outfits they have to bring yeah <laughs> uh, i was thinking because like 
if a, like one of our big crimps or whatever, that fills a whole box, and that's just like one wig. Because I know, like in previous series, people have said that like you're only allowed like two or three suitcases, but like that's your wig wardrobe alone. That like, they must have to make it. But they have to get on an aeroplane. I imagine the actual queens that had to fly in was very limited. So I wonder whether actually like they are allowed to bring a bit more. One thing I didn't need to see. What was that? Sheridan Smith giving like gun fingers at. <laughs> Bimini, <laughs> when they were doing uh, the Bimini and Horror kind of like prodigy punky bit. It was Almost as little... embarrassing as Michelle doing the rock horns in the <laughs> rehearsal. But uh, I feel like she can get away with that a bit more than the... Pow, 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 a bit more than the... Sure. A bit more than the... <laughs> I was obsessed with Sister Sister's face. If you're not giving face, it's just really flat. And I just thought, especially to stand out in the trio, like that's, for me, I think that's how she did it. Just constantly just acting with her face. and just She reminds me so much of someone, the way she paints and her face. Like, I know I've said that she reminds me of Crystal, but it's not that. Like, she actually looks, it's some sort of 60s, 70s uh, diva, I think. There's something about her face that really reminds me of someone. And by hook or by crook, by the end of this podcast, I'm going to be able to tell you who it is. Is it maybe but- because she did Dusty? So that's kind of... Maybe, but, but I can. I, I'm on. I'm on the cusp of realizing who that is. Um, it's Veronica Green. Everything. Red bike fever. I thought when she came out, she looked just like a woman from the West End. She literally looked like a woman. A West born, End Wendy. Literally. I liked her when it was like, spread your legs and make them peel. I don't understand what it means, but, but I need it. I was into it. Yeah. Very controversially, I actually didn't really think much of Veronica Green. Oh, I liked it. I thought she was good. I thought it was just very generally good across the board. I thought all of them performed well. There was no Shay as Black China standout role for me. I just thought that it was a good level from everyone. And I think they all performed well and all sung well. And there wasn't really any shaky vocals. There wasn't really any bad performances. I just thought uh, across the board, it was very good. Sure, 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 sure. I think I would say for me, Veronica and Bimini were definite standouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, I, I mean... Of all the performances, I definitely did love Bimini the most. Mm. Uh, I also need to find out who's doing the backing vocals on this. One of the West End cast that's obviously out of work while everything's asleep. I was quite underwhelmed by Tia's kind of stealing the show moment. Hmm. I thought from from how they explained that the role would be, so you kind of like come on, say a bit and just leave like the biggest diva in the world. I've earned my diva shit. Thank you. But there was never, like I thought there'd be like one big belt a high note or just something that's kind of stood out but it was all just a bit kind of yeah one thing i will say is after seeing cats in the theaters last year never seeing it before i can say with my whole heart that i believe rats is a far more superior and sensical production (laughs) (laughs) a full sensory experience yeah so now we're gonna head on to the runway um i just like to uh do a personal note now obviously we are here to uplift queer art but I was very disappointed with the reveal runway. I thought, go on, girl, give us nothing. Um, I there just you have it. Fresh takes. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point out that uh, for me, a reveal, the reveal runway is always. I love them. Like we've seen some real amazing moments in the reveal. Like, and really at this time, I just thought they were just sort of like taking off one accessory. It was like, oh, th- here's me. I'm taking off my contact lenses. Like it's a reveal. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. I didn't really feel the sense of. It was like night of one thousand like disrobings. You know what I mean? It's just like just I took my socks off. Um, and we're really used to seeing, obviously minus the afro. Um, we're used to seeing like the Brooklyn Heights reveal. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Okay. So first stomping down the runway, we have a horror. A horror. And the first thing when they said, 
Uh, oh, he's come to free the slaves. I thought, shout out to free the slaves. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice bit of brand representation there. Well, I was very dense. Um, so I didn't really realise that surprise, surprise would mean a surprise. I didn't really understand it. I think because yeah. I was expecting to see Cilla Black. <laughs> so then when she whipped off the top hat to reveal that bloody gorgeous Nisha beehive. I know. The wedding dress. I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I did. I, that's why I'm trying not to be too salty. Like obviously, we'll be giving uh, truffles out of 10 for this. And I did give it 7 out of 10 because I did think I'm holding Ahura to a very un, unfair standard because I know that she's a designer mm. and I know that she really knows construction. Um, and that was my first initial thought that I was like, oh, it probably doesn't fit in the way that I've seen Ahura's costumes fit before. But, but that's because it's got to transform into something. I don't particularly want to see like someone in a smock that reveals to them into a unitard because I don't want to... Sorry, I, what did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know the reveals coming. But one thing I will say is she makes her costumes with her mum, which I just absolutely love. So cute. Yeah. I gave it nine truffles, bitch. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I well, loved it. I thought it was go. great. Um, and... It said it told a nice story. That's what I liked. That absolutely. It did have a good narrative to it. That is my narrative, Gia. Um, and then let's head on to Lawrence Cheney. Now, remember in episode one when he said he wouldn't want to come out in tartan as that would be very predictable. Turns out. <laughs> so, yeah. I have put, it was disappointing. And I, again, very negative Nelly over in the corner here. I just thought that um, she has shown, first of all, like her entrance look, the construction of that was like my first thing that I ever said on cliffhangers was just like her shape is so fantastic like mm. she's got such a gorgeous shape body, 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 and I just body. thought it, they both really just drowned her out there was no there was no it didn't fit in any way and even when it was revealed the thing is that got me is I was like okay so there's going to be two outfits here and it was like right okay we're gonna we've got the tart and we've got we've we've got two outfits we've got two chances to wow plot twist both flaming hot garbage ah! <laughs> uh, I did like when Sheridan said Okay, the Nunu, though, that's inspired. <laughs> um, and, but she, we were speaking about breaking the fourth wall. Lawrence Cheney spoke on the runway, which seems illegal. He Is did that, that last week as well. I mean, the, the queens never do that. There's a real sort of, that feels like a real TV moment. Yeah, maybe. Uh, my just general vibe of his uh, runway was it just reminded me of getting dragged to like Scottish country dancing with my granny <laughs> as a girl. So like, yeah. But Lawrence does do her own hair, which was, again, not very inspired. And it really shows that I'm just trying to grab something nice out of <laughs> Six truffles from me. <laughs> I did six truffles as well. Straight on to our girl, Ginny Lemon. Fancy a slice! First question, but was it fashion? <laughs> but was it camp it was giving me very victoria wood via dinner ladies yeah uh the reveal I love, because can we like, talk yeah they're like the reveal is that i'm wearing the same dress and i thought like, oh and then to see that little hairy butt window is so funny <laughs> <laughs> the first reveal i was like they are making a complete and utter janet mockery of what <laughs> a, spo- a reveal runway is supposed to be and but then I did spy the Crocs and I was like, a platformed Croc. Very glamorous on a young lady. And she had the Croc earrings as well. Yeah. But when we when we got a view of that, of me ass, I just thought, <laughs> that is the comedy. That's And that is the way, again, we, obviously I'm going to say this a million times, but like, she wasn't going to give you sort of like narrative of like, oh, I'm going from beauty to the beast or whatever. Like that was, <laughs> that was a Ginny Lemon reveal. And, yeah. it was, and I ate it up every single last morsel. Are you going to consider putting some whole holes in the back of your trousers? <laughs> Who's saying I'm wearing trousers? I, I went seven. I went 7.5. 7.5? Oh, we're going for half, half points. Oh yeah. I might get into Anything for Ginny. Three quarters. <laughs> okay. 
And next up, we have Cherry Valentine. The yellow prego polka dot sensation. I put gorgeous proportions. I don't know why you're getting this cracker thing, because as soon as she turned with them cheeks and that black hair, I was like, it's your gal Raven. I can't see it at all. I can't see cracker. It's crazy how the mind works, isn't it? Mm. It's crazy. Um, The little gay baby narrative. Absolutely loved it. Can't wait for this baby to get squeezed right through my rosebud. She couldn't really... The thing that cracked me up, though, is like, you know, when you say something and they're just straight away... I mean, it's very me. Like, saying something and being like, oh, damn, like this. I can't stand by that. It's a bit too, yeah, <laughs> Her calling it? out her own rosebud. Disgusting! <laughs> <laughs> um, I was very into... Even though, I can't remember who cussed it out later, but I was very into the little Liza Minnelli bus driver. I mean, we pretty much always going to be into it. Yeah, for sure. Because that's a little hard front number, but I thought it was very gorgeous on her. Um, I was with Alan though. Like I could see that she had a pregnant belly though. So yeah, I I wrote seven. Not much of a surprise, but super cute. I also gave it a seven, and I just thought personally, I'm very drawn to the idea of wearing a pregnancy bump. If you ever have to be in a leotard, just work smarter, not harder. Just like covering covering your gigantic belly with a baby bump. And then we head on to Tia Coffee. The question still remains. Truly, she opened this with saying, "This is typical Tia." I thought. Does she have COVID? Because she's clearly lost all sense of taste. Ah! <laughs> it wasn't for me. Um, the leather daddy look. It was just, obviously, I know you've got a dress tucked in there, but it looks like, you know, like, you know, Andre the Giant. <laughs> it looked like yeah. you'd been on like some intense diet where you just like, you've lost the weight, sure, but you've got hella loose skin hanging around. It just looked like that to me. Yeah. And then obviously ugh, the reveal. I really hate it, Cathy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she says it tells you a story. Classic Tia, it tells you a story and gives you a message. I I don't want to know the story and I don't care about the message. <laughs> what is the story? Like I'm playing a saloon girl in my school's primary production. What blew my mind is there was like multiple references to it being a salsa and flamenco, which are two completely different outfits. Don day. Yeah, like <laughs> flamenco and salsa. I was like, what? This is clearly a Smithy's Cancan outfit. It's like, I, I, I think the whole aesthetic of it was very, very lost. But one thing I will say for Tia Coffee is she's really taken everything just very well. Yeah. And she that's one thing that's like so sacrosanct to UK drag race is that like, no one's taking themselves too seriously. No one's going into Untucked and like, apart from Lawrence, unfortunately, but like really getting like beaten up about the critiques, I don't mm. think. Because again, no one gets to critique your fantasy. And I think Tia, even though they cussed out her wig and her outfit, I think she felt gorgeous on the runway and that's that's all that matters to me. And so I thought a slick reveal, like it was just like done, but neither outfit would stand up against any of the other outfits. No. So I did six because it was a surprise, but not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I did a five. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, now on to the beloved Ellie Diamond. Sexy, sexy scarecrow. I was really, I was really into the amount of detail. She's like, obviously a very detail oriented queen. Like I was in the amount of the work that went into it, but I did think the whole thing seemed a bit sheepish. They did. One of the judges did say that later on. Didn't feel like she committed fully to the characters and it was like also character based yeah i thought the scarecrow was probably the best one but like the tin man was just literally like a cheap foil silver dress like she took that off in like one second like obviously and then yeah it's just like you didn't need to add that third outfit you could have just made the other two better i didn't really get why they liked it so much we will see this with a few queens that haven't come up but i would much rather if you're doing a runway i would much rather have a smaller and less dramatic reveal at the expense of 
the actual costumes being shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like, unfortunately, there's such an expectation that's built up of like, these reveals are going to be like, you're going to strip down from like one incredibly elaborate costume to another. And I think that that's what really holds the Queens back, that they feel like that they have to have this huge like internet moment where uh, it no one saw it coming. And mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, that has to always come at the expense of the costumes. And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of just felt about, generally about this runway. Well, yeah, so I gave... I went seven. I gave a 6.5. I gave seven because I thought that it was, there was so much work that went into it compared to a lot of the others. Next to the runway, Ms. Astina Mandela, giving us some kind of computer game sexy ninja. I think this probably wasn't for me because I don't know the references, but I know that uh, having seen on Twitter later on, there was like a very clear um, gamer reference that this was based on. Oh, yeah, I don't know who specifically, but yeah, I could tell it was from like a beat em up game or yeah. something. Um, it, 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 this, again, was for me, was not a reveal. She was in a bodysuit and. Well, she just took a cape off. That's not a reveal to me. Well, because... she took off the mask to reveal that she had the mouth. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's It wasn't a reveal from the beginning, but then she really saved it for me to take that mask off. And I liked, I did like that. Um, it was fine, like but it wasn't enough. That Invisalign it. comment killed me. <laughs> um, I wrote, gorgeous, but a bit plain. Not much of a surprise compared to others. But I think that's going to be a running theme with Astina. I think yeah. that it's going to be simplistic and mm-hmm. it's it's just clean cut. The hair and face, like neck up was absolutely stunning. Yeah, gorgeous. And I normally hate them bob wigs, but I thought actually, because it was very cosplay, I just thought that was great. I reckon she just got that straight from Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I gave Astina a six. 6.5 for me. Okay, let's head on to Sister Sister. <laughs> I wrote, first of all, sup. <laughs> when she like leaned up on that thing, I was like, okay, okay. Giving you very Manila Luzon in the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Whitney lip sync when she leans up against the wall. That's very mm-hmm. nice. I just put love the drama, love the energy. This was one of, this is absolutely one of my favourites. I thought I thought what was great about her reveal is there was a real shift in energy. Yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. nice. Like, there was such narrative, like, and it just, it kept on giving to me. The yeah. gift that kept on giving. I loved it when Adam Carr was like, oh, nearly split your difference. <laughs> And I gave Sister Sister an eight. Uh, I absolutely love this. Being a tattooed queen myself, it's nice to see the representation. <laughs> I know Aquaria did it a bit, but she did it very Oh, she did that uh, She did that amazing Michelle Lamy, uh, which I loved with the grey hair. Yeah, That's but fantastic. those, it was kind of like, yeah, I've got some fashion tattoos, but this was like... I'm a tattered bitch. I've been getting tattooed. I'm like, I've got no space left. Yeah. So what did you give Sister Sister? I gave Sister Sister a nine. Because Ooh. with the added bonus, when she lifted up the wig at the end, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something I've always wanted to do, which is have an exposed brain underneath when in doubt freak them out. I also gave Sister Sister a nine and it was, I think, probably my favourite. Mm, me too. Uh, Veronica Green. Yes, it's giving us 50s housewife, but the hair wasn't, honey. That was giving me a lovely Rachel Hunter... <laughs> <laughs> When I can't remember who it was that said that, like when they first came out and saw that hairline, that was Michelle. that was the first thing that I thought. I was like, "Why is there an inch between your eyebrows and your hairline?" Oh, honey, that ain't it. But then, obviously, it was all part of the concept, and um, I didn't really feel like they the two looks were that cohesive. But I just I thought in terms of a reveal, it's got narrative, and I liked it. Yeah, I so said it's probably the most like conceptual. Yeah, and I don't want to compare it to the American, but I feel like on a runway where the standard was a bit higher, to that probably would have just like sat in the middle. Mm-hmm. I don't really think like it was one to scream about. There wasn't. I don't really think from this runway there was like a scream moment. That... Hasn't Raja done like a golden? She did C3PO like a golden, thing. yeah, yeah, kind of C three P ho. Yes, exactly. Um, with the reveal, I couldn't tell if she was being slow because she was a robot, or if being a robot was making her slow. <laughs> chicken or the egg yeah <laughs> um okay so i gave veronica green eight for that 
apparently I forgot to rate her. I'll give her... I'll give her a 7.5. Okay, cool. So then next up, we have Mademoiselle Tace. Bleeding is fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much giving you carry on the runway. Yeah. Um, lots of Raja references. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for red and blonde. Oh, always. Always. So, And that, that was Bang London as well, which when they <gasps> later on, yeah, I mean, that is not the critique that you want to be hearing. What but, about RuPaul's Down the High Street buying... Yeah, I was going to say, how disconnected are you from sort of like, <laughs> you're, not get, you're not snapping that down peacock. For me, a- any outfit is really just notched up a gear if you cover yourself in blood. Same. <laughs> it's always hot. Especially um, uh, glitter and blood together. But reveal, question mark, technically that was just a two-piece. I said seven, which I might actually bring down to a 6.5. I did. I wanted more of a surprise. Obviously she's gorgeous, but that wasn't really... I felt, I was, I was kind of, by this point, I was kind of relying on Taste to give us the wow moment because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was coming. So I was, I did give Taste a seven. Don't worry, she will. But what I need to know is who the hell is getting the blood out of that 800 pound custom white unit? Like, Don't t- worry, it's water-based. Taste, call us. Uh, <laughs> but I just thought like, that's, that's real commitment to the cause that that gorgeous wig is getting covered in blood because that could stain. <laughs> okay, then we head on to... First of all, just very obsessed with her Mr. Peanut wig. <laughs> Definitely very much Peanut. Uh, which is by House of Peluca. Which I really loved. I imagine Bimini designed the whole thing from the ground up and I really thought that was a really very interesting wig shape to be given. And I just felt really fucking shit that, first of all, the reference obviously about the robotics with the, um, I, th- I think it was Shalom Harlow, I'm not sure, with the in the McQueen show with the, ro- the white dress and the paint exploding on it uh, with the robots. <laughs> fucking great reference but i'm just so gutted for her that it didn't work very um very the butterflies 2.0 oh i wouldn't go that far (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i just mean it's just it's just really dog shit when you you obviously just rooting for the gals for it to be amazing and i feel like it could have really been the wow moment yeah because that corset is um like made of canvas by mr Mm. couture so it's like that just getting that alone just for the concept of putting paint on it is pretty yeah. um mage it would have been an interesting thing to see uh how much the bbc actually covered this because obviously davina de campo has come out and said that uh they spoke at great lengths in epi- in series one about uh their trans identity and uh, and being non-binary and Who, davina did yeah oh, really? and none of uh, none of that was covered none of that made the edit so i'd be really interested to see how much that they would actually allow because bimini had uh both blue and pink paint and it was in uh celebration of her trans identity as a non-binary person um and so i'd be really interested to see how they spoke about that on the show if it had worked yeah for bimini i gave bimini a seven but it probably would have been a 10 if it had worked if it was honest so i just i really hate that for them i said eight for idea and looks Let's head on to the critique. So uh, you can tell that just Sheridan is just a fan. <laughs> the way that she talks to them, like she's just, she's just happy to be there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but it did all seem, I felt like the critiques was, was a bit wishy-washy, to be honest. Uh, I know it's a thing that people do say. Um, What's the thing that people do say? Well, just like, you know, the mark of a true professional was like just to get back on it. But I think a mark of a true professional was just to never falter and just be on your shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but accidents do happen. So next, the judges discuss Cherry Valentine. Yeah, Miss CV. Um, I thought it was interesting that Michelle said she could really see her sweating because I didn't really. I didn't pick up on any kind of nervousness or uncertainness in her performance. Yeah. I thought she was good, better than Lawrence, not as good as Sister Sister. I didn't think it was like a standout mm. being in the bottom. And also Rue said as well, like, 
it's no secret that I love Lawrence Cheney, which I thought was wild. Like so very early on to be mm-hmm. like, I love them. I think Rue just loves anyone that she can give a name catchphrase to. Yeah, true. Lawrence Cheney! Can you turn down your gains, please? Sorry, maybe I just won't shout. <laughs> <laughs> Next, then they move on to Tia. And I thought this is very interesting. Um, so Michelle has given us the English version of Party City, which she says is Angels. And if you don't know, Angels is like a costume hire place in London's dazzling West End, which I thought was a bit more upmarket than 100%, Party City. 100%. We, we got Smithies. And if she thinks Angels is Party City, she needs to go and see Smithies. I was going to say, because they sell Smithies at Angels, but it's mm. not the only thing they sell. They're actually like a cost. They do costumes for like the BBC and for theatre and stuff. Yeah, so you could get some Angel. like Romeo and Juliet massive wings from there. Yeah, 100%. Like Again, American people telling you about British culture. Who knew? <laughs> Ellie Diamond. Again, I did not need to see Ellie and Sheridan acting hip hop at each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Veronica got great commentary. Uh, then Tace, who just, oh, how can you say anything mean to someone who just looks that gorgeous? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. Um, but yeah, she did get red a bit. Red for the red. And then we move into the untuck section, which I always love because then it's the queens talking about the other queens <laughs> rather than the uh, very questionable comments that the judges make this is uh, this is what i want to hear one thing i would say is they didn't have any mention of bimini explaining about the trans rights concept and without mm. that that was the whole concept of the costume so i feel like they must have edited that out and to be honest that makes me think defund the bbc <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we mentioned earlier with lawrence um if someone is being a bit annoying in a group or just stressed, it does affect the group. So I found mm. it quite annoying that... Um, they just can't take criticism. Coming for Sister Sister so much, who's just basically kind of being honest, being like, are you okay? Because... And to your face as well. Yeah. Like, so I didn't really appreciate the... Um, raising valid concerns about how your behaviour affected the rest of the group. Yeah, like who, Sister Sister might have been in the top if Lawrence yeah. wasn't there. At the time, she was hugging you making you feel better and is now bringing it up later on saying, well, actually it did have an effect on us, but we didn't want to say that at the time. Like, I mean, I wasn't here for it, but. I was very much enjoying Veronica just sitting there as her robot, like secret silent assassin, just drinking her drink. Like, I didn't take <laughs> shit. You'll find out who's going to be winning at the end. Ooh, a stinger was when Veronica said that she feels like she doesn't exist outside of drag. It really made me feel like drag is so important for some queer people that don't feel like seen and don't feel like maybe have, as you're really seeing in this season, don't really feel have the confidence in in their boy drags, that then they really get a chance. This cr- character that they create is like everything that they don't feel like that they bring as as uh, in their male representation. And I just thought drag is such a necessary outlet for some people. Well, especially in her case, if she's been trying to make it on the West End stage for 15 years and then it's like, all right, I'll try it in drag. And then so far, so good. So you would kind of just be like, okay, the drag me is the be- the better one. Veronica, I think you picked the right job rather than musical yeah. theatre. Being a drag queen, it suits you much better. You can have much more freedom of expression there. But Veronica, even though I completely understand that she is a bit more reserved, she does very much give me the energy of someone that's like stumbled into the meet and greet early and she's surrounded by the stars and she's just trying to keep quiet just so that nobody notices that she's not one of the drag queens. Well, maybe she'll be a bit, coming off the back of this win, maybe she'll be a bit Ooh, I more... I hope so. Um, in your face imagine if she just was like so arrogant next week just being i deserved it which is which we had this week actually um even though i completely get taste was wearing a two-piece and it wasn't really a reveal taste wearing a bodysuit off the rack is such a huge point but astina was allowed to wear an asos jacket and that was celebrated i celebrate both of them 100 like mm. i celebrated when Asta was in that asos jacket because it is a very we're getting into a very weird world especially in the american drag when actually the 
your ability to create costumes out of nothing, especially, and out of low means and um, not having to have loads of money behind you is kind of getting lost in the world of like people being like, right, I'm on Drag Race, I need to take, I need to find £50,000, get everything custom made for wigs, costumes, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a showcase of the designers. I know that uh, Evie Oddly spoke about this on Twitter recently. Um, and I, so I really celebrate people wearing off the rack. And even though with the tasting, like, that was not off the rack. It was just used as a cuss yeah. for something that they didn't like. Like it needs to be more cohesive that are we celebrating that people don't need to have like custom, um, like really elaborate custom things made or like what's, what's going on? Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, it's hard. Cause obviously if there's like a, uh, an item that's like been made by someone amazing, that's got 50 million like rhinestones on it and like tassels mm. and, giving you the ooh-ah-ah sensation, that is going to look better than a top shop to like twin set or whatever. But then like that isn't a, a reflection on your talent. That's just no. how much money you've got or who your contacts um, are. Then, then we need to talk about accessibility because then you're just basically saying that like in order to succeed and be loved on Drag, que- on drag Race, you need to have money because people are not going to appreciate looks if... That's, I, I wasn't really with, I wasn't really uh, feeling a horror when she was like, this disgusting to wear an ASOS jacket because the thing is that she still won. Yeah. <laughs> We're existing in a strange time at the moment where people, f- uh, the sort of punk aesthetic of drag that like you're just going to either just throw on something that works with your narrative or you're going to make something out of nothing, which is where drag started. Like that's getting a bit lost in this idea that you like need to have custom commissions made for each runway, I think. Mm. And obviously every person is different. Like maybe you like high street clothes. Yeah, hundred percent. So then we go on to the deliberation and I just want to say it was, Rue made it very clear that he absolutely loves Lawrence Cheney, which is very early on in the season. He was like, I make no, um, I make no apologies for how much I love Lawrence. So I was like, okay. So the bitch is biased. All right. That makes three of us, I guess. <laughs> uh, but what I thought was a good thing to bring up is when Michelle uh, said that she wasn't even sure if Tia shook that wig. And just to let you people out there know, if you don't know what a shake and go is, that is basically what people say. If you buy a wig and then you just take it out the bag and plop it on your head, you give it a little shake out the bag and plop it on. You haven't brushed it, you haven't tonged it, you haven't styled it. So that, my friends, is a shake and go. So Michelle saying, I don't think she even shook it, is like the biggest cuss you could have. Yeah, she's basically saying this wig hasn't been styled in any way, shape or form. It's basically the wig equivalent of bedhead. (laughs) I didn't really understand why they were gassing up Ellie so much for her performance because she was paired with Tace and I thought out of the two, maybe biased, but I thought that Tace came across as much more the more confident um, performer. Maybe that was a bit to do with TV editing because mm. I feel like I don't really remember that much from Ellie. It's not that, in, in, not in a negative way, but I remember Tace's because she sort of had a close up and I felt like she did have a solo line. I just felt like Ellie was a bit like tentative. Oh, really? Mm. I feel like maybe Ellie, we're kind of seeing in the runway a bit, I feel like Ellie maybe does lack a uh, slight confidence. Uh, mm. But she is, a, she is about 16 years old, so... <laughs> what about the moment? Sorry, I had to go away from the mic because I was going to piss myself laughing um what about the moment when alan said uh i just wanted to see her go back to it was so shit that i just wanted to see her go back to dressing like a boy <laughs> i thought have you just said that you would rather she just gave up drag than be in that outfit <laughs> well i thought he meant he preferred to see her in the leather daddy outfit but maybe it was a call yeah. to disaction <laughs> really like please step down um so then 
Veronica Green is our winner this week. Episode two. Congratulations. Yeah. And you felt good about that. Yeah, I felt good yeah, about yeah. that. Um, but what I did not feel good about. I mean, can you believe the bottom two? The bottom two are revealed as Cherry Valentine, a front runner, and Tace. For the last two weeks, all the girls I've given my top truffles to have been safe or in the bottom. None of the none of the girls I think have been the best have been in the top. I just I don't no. know. Have I got shit for brains? Have they got shit for brains? Well, I mean, the judging, much like the judging on Canada's Drag Race, the judging has been really called into question by a lot of people online. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're losing their goddamn minds about it. I mean, uh, and on the pod here mm. as well. Like, I mean, it's been some very questionable judging, I would, I would say. Um, but this week really hit me like a ton of bricks because even the thought of either of these going home like i feel like cherry valentine entered as a front runner like she she is so well-rounded and just i feel like she brings a really nice energy to it as well so i i I hated that these two this really i was (sighs) well yeah when they said lawrence was safe like my heart just sank because i was thinking well at least it'll be lawrence and one of my honeys Mm. but no it was double honey honey on honey violence yeah I just want to say that before this started, there are a few lip syncs that go down in the pantheon of moments of performance art, which are timeless. So when this song came in, I was literally like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Give for the sure, girls for sure. a dance track. Stop with like, <laughs> oh, we're giving them English songs or UK songs. Like, give us a fucking track we can bump to. But then, like, oh. three seconds in, I was like, oh, no, absolutely fine. No, like forget what i said it was just <laughs> forget what you've heard literally insane i mean when tay said touch me i was like that's what i've written touch, <laughs> touch like, me i just went like <gasps> and my boyfriend was like what happened what did she do and i was just like nothing like it's just her being everything something i just i couldn't even describe it It was like so small and so like oh nuanced subtle but it's just like physical dexterity literally everything (laughs) and yeah i think like this is going to go down in history as one of the most like iconic powerful um like lip sync for your lives can you tell me what you would say in your top three have also been the top lip syncs for your life as seen across drag race well first of all the ones i think that it will be the ones that people talk about the most is Latrice Royale doing Natural Woman. Oh, what with was li- little Kenya Michaels dancing teeny rings tiny around her. Antelope. <laughs> rad. And then obviously the late, great Chi Chi Devane oh. doing... Um... And I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, which was just like... It, yeah, it literally has made uh, my sort of body go cold. All yeah. my like arm hairs go on end, like goosebumps. So incredible. Lump in my throat. Like she is a international... She's an international sensation now. Like, that's it. Yeah, so for me, I feel like that's a lip sync that's just going to transcend the show. Yeah. Transcend Drag Race in general. Um, yeah, that's going to appeal to anyone that likes music. Performance. Visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Women. Um, and the eyelash that was hanging off. Come on, that shows vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> when it cut to Michelle with her mouth open, I was like, same. Like, this is jaw dropping and one thing i did think is like obviously they used to when they're watching from the back they used to your evie oddlies and your brooklyn heights like boom scatting and doing cirque to so gay around mm. the stage seeing all of this like crazy performance that was that was the park and bark like literally <laughs> all they could see from the back was just like them standing there giving pure emotion i hope they felt it from the back hope they can just read it from the judge's eyes well astina was crying so mm. i feel like they must have felt like the intensity in that room because yeah. we we sure as hell did in that final 30 seconds i don't think I, I had to like remind myself to breathe i was literally like it's like i came up for air i was like, <gasps> like just 
absolutely mesmerizing. I don't think I can bear to watch it again because it's... Oh, I couldn't. Uh, I don't like to feel emotions and <laughs> that brought out too much of me. I can't go through that kind of harrowing... You can't open that Pandora's box. No, no. don't bring her into this, please, for the love of God. <laughs> but unfortunately, when RuPaul giveth, he must also taketh away. And that was our beloved Cherry Valentine. Who left us with the line, every day is Valentine's Day. And I believe it. I'm going to think of her on Valentine's Day. Truly. I was, I was, Let's I was, send her a card. I was absolutely heartbroken to see her go. I just think Same. that she was she was a front runner from, from the beginning. But hopefully maybe we'll get a, a Drag Race twist of fate and maybe we'll get Please. to see her. I'd love it. At the, the moment, I'm going to need it to be like a six person yeah. lip sync for the crown because I, I've got too many favourites going on. But that's the thing. That's a, It's a testament to how the, the high quality of the show because they are so sensational that the even the queens that maybe i don't particularly they're not my favorites when i go on online i just see that i just see people going absolutely crazy for them so at this point it's like it's always going to be someone's favorite that goes home mm. so like that's just how good the the queens are i saw that someone had written on twitter is rupaul smoking frack <laughs> <laughs> lol they are truly making some wild decisions it's making me think have i got no taste how dare you? Don't you ever second guess, second guess your own taste, Luke? And remember, this is the second episode. This is like finale shit that you should be this invested. But again, the girls are so good. And especially knowing them, like you just love them so early on. Um, and we got to see a peek into next week, which was very, very exciting with fashion frenemies. I wonder who will be... I, I don't think a lot of queens would class themselves as fashion girls this uh, this season. So very interested to see... Uh, Hopefully they pair like, I don't know, like Tace with Ginny Lemon um, <laughs> and that sort of, that sort of frenemies. But you know, obviously they're going to put Tace and Aurora together and try and make them bonk. Make them bone. Um, one thing I did notice, it's definitely the season of the beret. Every time it cuts to someone, they're in a different beret. It's like the season of premature balding. <laughs> I don't know. Why are they all... Calling people out left and center. And sorry to shout on the pod, but we get to see Jordan. Our girl Jordan Dunn looking gorgeous and resplendent next week. Just a couple of subtle shoulders. Oh, of course. So that was just all very exciting as we get to move on to next week. Okay, let's enter my favourite section, season three, Dreamcast. I'd like to see Ms. Frida Slaves on season three. Mainly just to get that name known and respected. Yeah. <laughs> Truly one of the greatest London yeah. drag names. She ever. has a, a beautiful daughter called Relisa as well. So, Oh my God. I'm a quick side shout out to, do you remember seeing her perform at Bethnal Green Work and Men's Club? She is Rihanna like, basically. Honestly, like sometimes you see, um, sometimes it's very much more female delusion than illusion, but like the illusion, her Rihanna illusion is, I'm going to come out and say, I think, one of the best female illusions I've ever seen. Oh my God, yeah. One word, powerhouse. True. Uh, uh, I mean, perfect, perfect word, powerhouse. <laughs> For my season three Dreamcast, I would love to shout out Niall Candy. They're just one of the most stunning London queens, always serving, always have hair done by Paris. First of all, chef's Gosh. kiss. Chef's <laughs> kiss. Um, but just one of the most gorgeous London uh, drag queen slash models. They are always having sort of like very beautiful um, Nadia Auerman, like Mugler woman, and just such, such an incredibly and exquisitely turned out queen. Love to see them. Congratulations, gal. See you next season. 
So let's find out. What's the buzz, babes, with Georgie B? <laughs> <laughs> I've only just got that now. Sure, sure. Right. Um, so we have the gorgeous, the feared Georgie B in the studio with us. She is a performance artist. She's a creative director. She's a self-entitled... Self-entitled... <laughs> <laughs> She's a self-titled slut for money and a music video ho. We are talking to the winner of Miss Sink the Pink 2016 and the first AFAB queen to ever win. She has appeared in British and Italian Vogue campaigns for Byredo, um, for Gareth Pugh, shot by Nick Knight. You've seen it. She's done it. It's Miss Gorgia B. Hiya. <laughs> Hiya, love. Hiya, baby. You let that Bristolian accent just soak through the headphones. <laughs> Okay, welcome. Hello. <laughs> okay, uh, first and foremost, I think we should ask you, what did you think of uh, episode two? Uh, well, I, do you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. And I don't know why I said that, because I really enjoyed the first one as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really that much of like a drag race stan, are you? No, do you know what? I'm not. Normally, I don't watch it, because I actually find it quite... I find it all like very like screamy and yelly and it's a bit um upsetting for my spectrumy brain but i've been really enjoying this one probably because i do know people on it so i've more kind of enticed in um but yeah i have i loved it i thought it was amazing that's what we were saying it's like as soon as you know someone well on it it's just mm. like ugh, it just really kicks it up a notch doesn't it mm. so so good this time it's personal <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're going to talk about now most importantly they want to get to know you georgie b you know okay. a little insight into you so as we said you were the first uh, afab lovely woman to win miss sink <laughs> the pink um actually winning it the year before miss bimini bamboulash won so there is a lovely line of legacy there um what's it like being a woman in the london drag scene well for a starter it's very welcoming in the london drag scene for Good. women i personally feel like nobody's ever really ever said anything nasty to me oh that's fantastic I think yeah I, I think that's a british thing do you, do you reckon yeah. it probably is isn't it but um i found it really just everyone's very welcoming and they they want to push me harder and mm. and it's it's all very nice and lovely was that your first introduction to like drag on a big scale miss sink the pink was that sort of like your introduction into the london scene no it wasn't i was dancing at metropolis at savage disco which sadly isn't happening anymore oh. but it was like the longest Pull one out for savage <laughs> i know it was the, like the longest um running weekly disco in london for ages it must have been going for like four or five years now yeah. um but we did all this dancing and like hosted by just fabulous queer people mm. so there was loads of drag queens loads of queer night lifers it was just fantastic and that was my first sort of toe dip into the ocean <laughs> that is drunk from there i got asked please will you enter miss sink the pink so i did by sink the pink did they ask you yes they did that's how they that's how they do it they they ask people to oh enter. like by request only yes it interesting is, it is by request only so that seems have, a lot more prestigious then yeah you have to be you have to be plucked from the atmosphere you can't just be like oh well i'm 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 missing the pink mm -hmm. I, I am one of those yeah you can't, you can't especially as well at, the, at that time in sort of our drag landscape there was it was really hard to get an in on the drag mm. scene in london i think like we because we at this point we didn't really have a drag scene where there was 
opportunity for loads of girls to have gigs all the time because we didn't have a lot of like regular drag spots. And I think Miss Sink the Pink was that such a huge thing. I remember it being such a huge thing when you won it mm. because it's that's like a real introduction into obviously the platform of Sink the Pink, which is like a huge drag collective. So that was such a mm. huge moment for for the AFAB gals. Well, it's a big um like it's the biggest drag competition really yeah, this side absolutely. of the world probably because yeah. i mean i was the last one to be in bethel green working men's club mm. uh but i mean it was those days were really fun and brilliant but it then moved on to the troxy and that's i think it's huge what is it three thousand people yeah and they sell something. out every time they sell out every time so can you can yeah. you tell us about your winning number I do personally remember it, but uh, do tell you? us about it. Do you yeah. remember it? Uh, okay, so my my catwalk look was, um, I called it Lady Pasta because I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> and it was just me and I had, bless, bless him, Joshua, my partner. He sprayed some foam lagging, some builder's foam lagging that you put around pipes to keep them insulated. He sprayed them and painted them yellow for me. And I just carried around this huge like pile of noodles. <laughs> and um, he made me a macaroni hat yeah. and I had a macaroni leotard on, which was lovely. And then my number was Donna Summer Hot Stuff and... I did actually notice a slight little throwback to my outfit in the uh, episode two of uh, Drag. Bimini Drag and Ahura. No. Oh. No. <laughs> the really nerdy one. I Veronica like Green. Yeah, I like yeah. her. I like her a lot. So she was doing like a sort of burlesque thing, wasn't she, mm-hmm. in the Rusical? And she had uh, a little... Uh, Little animals hanging off her titties. <laughs> titties. Multi-nipple titties. look. <laughs> multi- <laughs> oh, multi-nipple look, yeah. And uh, I did have a, p- a few people text me going, see that multi-nipple uh, animal little... I've seen it before. Look. <laughs> I've seen that before and I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no shade, I, I did love it. Uh, I was basically a sexy cat, a pedigree cat, and I had these little kittens hanging off my six nipples, basically. And I just... I don't, I don't, I still don't know how I won that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Through but elegance, I mean, class and talent. Yes, Georgia. that's what happened. Elegance, class and talent. The nipples. Yeah, it was the nipples. I don't know. I did, I did a lot in that number. I still think it was too much. And what's been your favourite conceptual look that you've pulled so far in the world of Georgia B Drag? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say the poodle. It wasn't very yeah. conceptual. The concept is poodle. <laughs> I mean, the concept is there. The concept is there. I really like your little muscle. Oh yeah, I forgot. And about also, her. shout out to the beauty table right as well. There. Shout out oh, to the sorry, beauty I've table. done. I've not even talked about the actual <laughs> conceptual numbers that I've done. I've done so many, and I haven't spoken about any of those. <laughs> yeah, the muscle. The muscle. Everybody loves the muscle. Yeah. Mm, I love that. I'm a muscle. There's the concept. a little bit of orange scalloping. Come yeah. on. Come yeah. on. Paper mache. Paper mache. I need to ask you now, as a figurehead of the East London drag scene, oh, um, were you aware of the East London clap and beef? There is none. What is the <laughs> I, I, Personally, I, I've never heard of any beef between any of the surrounding riverons of East London. I no, was... there is none. That is all made up. That's for telly. I know, truly. Any. Truly, they really want to shoehorn some drama into there, don't they? Yeah. Um, have you ever worked in Clapham? Yeah, actually. And <laughs> absolutely yeah. welcomed. So, That's yeah, no, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I've never worked with any other drag queens in Clapham. Yeah. But... 
maybe there's not that many. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's just in coffee. <laughs> I ain't got a clue. Um, I did have a brunch in Clapham. Oh, lovely. Where? At Adventure Bar. Me and Mahatma Candy, and it just, they let us really go wild there. So. I, I did Rain On Me there. That was the number where Oh, uh, again, shout out to Rain On Me. Oh, more, 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 <laughs> yeah. more. But basically, I just ended up getting so king wet every single brunch. Yeah. Um, and it's to a point where it wasn't really even Rain On Me anymore. I was just, it was just like waterfall on me. <laughs> uh, and we just turned it into a Baywatch number because <laughs> it was just like waves. Do you remember Bimini's number that they used to do in, what's that place the next to? One. Yeah. No, you know the one next to... Um, <laughs> freedom that like brunch place there that they used to do i believe oh, taste does it as well um oh and they're like out in the street yeah and bimini used to like go into yes, the street yes, in her Martha's. Little... yeah I, I also used to do martha's uh, and i'd like to take an opportunity to say fuck you martha's <laughs> <laughs> because you're actually liquidated now so i can say that but basically they tried to <laughs> they tried to not pay everybody and oh. um they were horrible people pay your queens it's fine i got my union onto it and i got paid in fun there you go drag is not cheap (laughs) no it's not (laughs) so do you want to shout out any drag royalty from london that people might not know of yes i do um i'm going to talk about my wonderful house house i mean it's not really my housemate is he he's my neighbor in in, he's in he's in our bubble he's in my bubble he's in my bubble so um i'm going to talk about amanda pet and if you don't know amanda pet then basically are you even a drag appro- uh, appreciating mm. like for me a man's pet has done everything that i would ever want to do and more so shout out to a man's pet i refuse to believe anyone in london has not seen or been to pale blue door <laughs> i know and you know what if you didn't get to go fuck yeah what i would like to say about a man's pet is i think a man's pet can teach younger queens so much more than even drag race or anything 100% like like that because there is I, there is just no one comparable mm. at all for me and it's so much more about entertaining yeah and the looks are fabulous but if you're not actually entertaining are you actually a drag queen for me you have to be very funny so yeah shout out to pet Look her up, Amanda Pet. Um, can I ask now, going back to the episode, what was your rose and what was your thorn of the week? Oh, my rose, my rose. Um, do you know what? Like the rusical as a whole, I thought was one of the best rusicals really? that has been done. It was really good. I agree, I agree. Mm. The whole thing was really good. I felt like the writing as well, The, rusi- the yeah. anything that is musical on Drag Race is normally... She's a bit hokey. And I thought the writing was really jokes as well. I thought it was just like a very well-crafted piece of theatre. A lot better than that Downton Shabby or whatever the fuck that was last year. (laughs) Although I believe Baby Lane wrote that. That was shocking. (laughs) And you would do it too for a check. Well, it was shocking. Sorry, baby. I love you, but I didn't like that one. I feel like maybe you have to write, in in defence of Baby Lame, I feel like maybe you have to write everything that is so punny and so easy to act because you're not writing it for actors. Yeah, exactly. So I'm... Stay away from blaming the writing. It's probably normally the Queen's. Yeah, no, we can't blame her. (laughs) Yeah, and Um, we would. And my also rose of the week was, I thought that 
Because I, I, I mean, I was just not a fan of tea or coffee. I was like, oh, no, it's not doing it for me. Sorry, girl. And then I really liked that she wanted to make the rusical good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We said that. I like, yeah, I liked that. I thought that was really like admirable to be like, okay, well, I'm actually going to not sabotage everything here. And you're only going to fuck yourself over. Yeah. Like. So I liked that. I thought that was quite nice. And then the thorn, the thorn of the week. The Do moment. you know what I'm going to say? Is it about to get messy on the pod? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to say tea or coffee again. Ooh, <laughs> right. shout out. Listen, because that reveal was... <laughs> I'm sorry, girl, but that was fugly. I really don't like it, Kat. <laughs> I'm worried that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, mainly because, and I said this to you already, I just, I thought she looked like, you know, when you go to like a medieval village <laughs> for like uh, a day. With like Renaissance fair. Yeah, for like a day with school and then you all get given a shitty gown, <laughs> villager outfit to wear. That, I was like, oh, okay, what's this? Uh, reveal? Oh, uh, oh. Um, it was that it was just like it'd been pulled out of a fucking yeah. renaissance bin it was mm-hmm. horrible yeah, so if you've paid money for that please please get it back <laughs> because actually no don't it's not their fault either it's yours <laughs> sorry tea <laughs> coffee it was horrible my rose was probably the full tattered bodysuit yeah sister, yeah, sister. yeah 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 very that my thorn is probably just the judging so far yeah real bone of contention with a lot mm. of people a lot of the viewers and then for my rose and thorn um, my rose was specifically, it was going to be very vaguely like the last 30 seconds of the memory lip sync, but for any viewers watching, we will attach a picture of this very specific moment, um, on our Instagram, but it was the, after she just raised her eyes, it was the slight head tilt that tasted <laughs> in the lip sync. If you know, you know, it was, it was the cultural reset. She is the moment. She really is. Um, and then my thorn is really sorry gals hate to call you out on a public platform but it was the lack of reveals i love the reveals so much and i just wish the reveals had been more revealing sure who do you think did the best reveal um i would say probably sister sister Mm. just because i felt a real good shift of energy real good narrative but i also like veronica greens but i just didn't think either of them were i i needed a moment and it didn't happen for me Well, you can't hold anything towards sasha's rose fantasy because nothing i don't think i don't even think that as a reveal though that was just like performance performance excellence sure. like um i would say what when we're talking reveals obviously the classic uh, classic roxy andrews wig reveal um the brooklyn heights minus the afro obviously um uh, we've just had we've seen quite a few fantastic reveals over the time um but maybe also Ginny lemon yeah bringing a <laughs> bringing a completely different flavor to the reveal and that's all wrapped up for episode two <laughs> uh well, if any listeners have got any thoughts or like you, we missed anything that you thought was a real good point to make or you want to... Or just um, hate mail. We'd love to have a new section called Hate Mail of the Week. So yeah. feel free. Um, and that's it, really. Thanks for listening. If we're going to pass our judgment on the Queens, I feel like you should at least be able to pass judgment on us. <laughs> tell us, go through my Facebook. Tell me, tell me where I look ugliest. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for all the support for the first episode. It's been... It's been we're having a... We're having a ball, aren't we, Lukes? And please, uh, if you can be a leave us a lovely little uh, review on apple Podcasts. oh yeah head over to apple Podcasts. tell us if you loved it if you hated it if you hated it maybe keep it to yourself <laughs> so from us in the studio thank you for tuning in for the second episode and we will see you next week bye bye yeah